The Real Estate Story with Adrian Butera. Hi everybody and welcome to The Real Estate Story, coming to you live from my studio here in Williamstown, my daughter's bedroom in fact. I'm excited and delighted to bring you the 20th episode of The Real Estate Story. It's been an amazing series and I want to thank everybody for their support over the last 20 episodes. This week, a very special guest, the Chief Executive Officer of the REA Group, Owen Wilson, is coming to you. We're going to ask some hard questions, some important ones. Welcome along, Owen. Thanks, Adrian. It's great to be here. We really appreciate you taking the time during what I'm sure is a very busy time at REA. How has REA been dealing with these pandemic times? Well, it's, I think for every, like everybody, it's been quite tough. Um, we've been virtual working since um, day one, um, middle of March, is now almost six months into to working from home. We were lucky as a digital company. We were well set up for that. Um, we used video conferencing extensively through the business um, before the pandemic. We had flexible working arrangements where staff could work pretty much from anywhere at any time. So the switch to virtual was was pretty seamless for us and, and we seemed to not have skipped the beat through that process. Thanks, Owen. You joined REA some years ago as the CFO and then in early 2019 became the Chief Executive Officer, right when the Royal Commission was being rolled out, right when we were about to have an election. It's a very challenging time in real estate and property. There was a lot going on. Tell us about some of those impacts and what it was like for you in that transition time. It was a pretty volatile time for for the economy and, and, and our market got hit accordingly. And then we rolled into the most catastrophic bushfires, We've uh, we've had in in a generation, I think, and then and then a little thing called COVID came along, just as we we saw the recovery coming, got our head back above water at the start of March. Everything was looking pretty good then, and we, and it's it's been pretty terrible, obviously, since then. Yeah, what a what an amazing transition you've had, and, and you've been fast tracked into to learning pretty quickly. Can I can I point out something that that I identified, and this might be widely identified, but so so COVID. COVID hits early this year and I take a quick glimpse at the REA shares and they travelled south from sort of $120 uh, down to nearly half, $60 if I call it in round numbers. Um, And it seemed like through some good decisions, which came from some good leadership, I'm going to guess not just you but your team, uh, that share price, whilst the pandemic hasn't gone away as yet, through some, I guess, key decisions, you tell me that share price is back at one hundred and twenty dollars. Why did the market respond? Why, why has REA travelled so well during these times? Um, I'm keen to hear your view and, and share some of your leadership on that. It's I must admit we're pleasantly surprised at where it's come to, given as you said, you know where it got to right at the height of the pandemic. Um, there's a couple of points. Stock markets are forward-looking, not backwards-looking. And so anything that's behind you is kind of forgiven to a certain extent in the share price and, and the market is looking forward. I think the biggest tick we got as a management team was on two fronts. One was how quickly we responded with offers and support measures to our customers and to the market to try and help stimulate the market. Um, the second was just how strong our audience has been through this. And even, I've got to say, I'm, again, pleasantly surprised at that. You know, we had 12 million Australians visit our site in July. That's 60% of the adult population. Um, it's quite incredible. 
And and the third one, and probably the one that is was the most positive surprise for the market, if if you call it that, um, was our management of our cost base. Um, we always told the market that if there was a downturn, we could pivot pretty quickly and adjust our cost base. And you know, we delivered a nine percent reduction in costs for the year and a twenty percent reduction in the fourth quarter. And the market sort of gave us a big tick for that. And then we said to them, look, we're going to keep them flat for another year until we can see what's happening. And then we'll start to ramp up investment again. And again, I think they saw that as a huge positive. I think they saw us as a high cost growth business. And we always said we don't have to be, but um, we've got a big tick for that. I'm curious. I'm going to ask you about that. But let let me ask you first, uh, why uh, 12 million Australians looking at real estate when they're stuck inside their own homes? Is that an obvious (laughs) answer? Well, it's not obvious, actually, because I always get asked, oh, is that just people sitting at home in ISO, bored out of their brains, um, looking at property? When the reality is outside Victoria and Melbourne in particular in July, most of the rest of the country was kind of living a normal life. Um, the reason why I know it's not people sitting in ISO is the buyer inquiries are also up about 50% year on year. So these are people act- making actual inquiries on property and even in here in Victoria. And I put that down to the exact opposite of what the Royal Commission was, that the banks have got enormous liquidity at the moment. The RBA, when this, this pandemic hit, um, opened up the floodgates in terms of cheap funding for the banks to be able to lend. So this is not a liquidity crisis. This is a health crisis. And, and so the banks are fighting over each other for market share at the moment. So if you're a you're a borrower and, you, you know, you've still got, you know, safe employment and, and the, the vast majority of the country still does, you can get cheap finance. And so the interest in property at the moment has never been stronger, I think, not, not in my time at REA. Yeah, it's certainly, and you're hearing it from from agents out there, it's a great time to buy and, and we wish we could transact, particularly in Victoria because of our current lockdown situation, which we hope is uh, is going to change soon. But during this pandemic, I would imagine whilst you've looked at that leadership and you've driven that well and and the markets responded accordingly well, which is, what about... What about your team? How's the innovation gone? How has development gone? Uh, I know myself, I've done probably 5,000 auctions on the street, but I've now done 10 auctions virtually. Um, what does that look like in REI? I, I know you guys, uh, I was very lucky to attend one of your hack days some years ago and, and saw innovation at its best. What's happened in that innovation space in arguably one of the biggest tech companies in, in the country? Funnily enough, it's accelerated, even with the, the challenge of of virtual working. And, in fact, those hack days are brilliant. And, you know, um, we love to bring guests along to that because it just shows the um, the innovation culture we've got at, at REA. Um, we've actually done a virtual hack day while we've been locked away. Um, they got into virtual teams, they had to do virtual presentations. You had to go around and visit the virtual rooms to see the hacks it was it was really cool, and already some of the hacks are in production. Um, That's great. So it, That's fantastic. Oh, it, it's it is. It kind of gives me goosebumps to see how smart um, our, our people are. Seriously, um, so it, what it did is it accelerated a few things. So we had to really move quickly to try and help the market um, keep moving while the pandemic um, effects were, were coming, in particular the restrictions. So we, you know, we really ramped up our digital inspection offering. I think we're seeing. Um, something north of 16 million digital inspections since um, March. 3D tours, we're running at about 15 million inspections now. 
changing the site <clears throat> so that um, we could do private appointments instead of the usual, you know, open for inspections. Um, online auctions, we've now integrated every single online auction platform in the country onto our site, even our competitors. We said, look, we need to be agnostic here because that helps our customers. So we'll just take them all and integrate them all. And so even, you know, um, our competitors is, is on our site, um, for example. And then it also brought forward some product thinking. So we bought, we bought a lot of offers into the market to help our customers um, get consumers across the line um, to list, such as re-upgrade, um, relist, et cetera. But we also experimented with things like pay on sale. So we've, we bought in our first ever pay on sale um, product. Um, it was only available for, for um, a small part of the market. And it's been interesting to see that, that as an experiment. How did that, that? How did that get taken up? I know we had we had the offering and we weren't quite sure about it. We did we didn't feel yeah. right. How did it get taken up? I, I think our customers are, are, are a bit polarised on this product. Um, some don't like it because then the vendor doesn't have skin in the game. Um, you know, and it's too easy to just walk away. You've got absolutely nothing at risk. Um, on the other hand. The customers who used it, particularly in the height of the restrictions and the and the and the drop in consumer confidence, they said it really helped get some nervous vendors across the line to list. And so they they have told us they got some listings they don't think they would have otherwise got across the line, but for this product. Um, having said that, you know, the ones who are worry about conversion are, are probably right. The, the the volume of them that sold is relatively low, lower than we expected. And so that may um, support the view that if a vendor doesn't have skin in the game, it's probably easy, too easy just to walk away from the process. Um, so we've kept that experiment in place just in Victoria because of what's going on here to try and help get vendors up. We'll, we'll draw a line through it on 30 September and then we'll, we'll, look, we'll go back and we'll do the analysis and say, look, is this something that will help the market or hinder the market and, and we'll... we'll make a decision down the track on that one. Oh, and with that innovation, and we've talked about some of that leadership that's been identified in the market, where do you go in a big business like this and you, you've got a development team and you say, right, guys, what's next? We were going to do this, but I don't know if the market's ready for it. How do you keep innovating? What's next and what's the next big challenge or what could we expect to see? And I want to isolate the private landlord conversation out of that, but, but what else is out there that we could see on the horizon? Look, unfortunately, a lot of this is really commercially confidential because our competitor would love to know what, what innovations we're working on. Um, it, it's, and I don't mean this to sound twee because it's just that's not our, it's just not me. But the list of stuff that our teams, the ideas, kind of almost seems endless. And um, we have this huge dilemma: there's only so much cost we've got to play with, um, particularly in this market. And so, therefore, we're constantly um, trying to work out which ones are we going to play with and which ones will we put leave on the whiteboard and, and try try again later. So, um, I'm, I'm just going to have to tease you and say there's there's a bunch of stuff. I believe you. We've got coming, um, and and some of it will be directly benefiting customers, particularly in the way customers can present themselves. So I'll give you a bit of a hint to to vendors and and to landlords, etc. Um, some of it will be to help vendors and, and, you know, feel, bring them to market, others on the buy side. And the other one we're, we're, we're really excited is we want to kind of take away some of the pain points for tenants in the, in the sort of clunky um, rental process at the moment. So there's a stack of stuff still stack, on the drawing. Stack coming through. 
God bless the hack days. Clearly they're working and working well. <laughs> now, now, talking about tenants, that's a really good segue to talk about an announcement REA made in regards to tapping into private landlords or giving them the opportunity to market on your platform. Um, obviously, uh, there was some, I imagine, some concern throughout the industry. Uh, I, I can say there was some consultation. I know I was consulted as, as part of that and, and added my uh, 10 cents worth in that conversation. And I imagine you did that uh, through many businesses. Um, what drove the decision and where do you see that taking your relationship with us as agents and uh, the future of that part of the business? Sure. <clears throat> so you're right. We, we've been talking to them, to our customers about this for or at least since I've been CEO, so it's 18 months and probably a little bit before that, around, um, you know, going down this path. And and the reason why for the extensive consultation is we you know, wanted to explain to the market why we think it's actually in, the, in our customers' best interest for to do, us to do this. The reality is we're the only portal in the market that wasn't doing it. So every other property portal in the market took private landlord listings and we had tried to put this off for as long as we could um, but um, we've got to the stage now where 30% of landlords actually don't use an agent. So it's a, it's a significant part of the market. It's already happened. We didn't drive that. You know, we never let them on our site. But <clears throat> we've got the situation now where a tenant who wants to look at, you know, all the properties that are available on the market has to go to Gumtree, has to go to Facebook. You know, you're not going to see them with us because there's this big chunk of the market that's sitting off to the side that we refuse to touch. So the, the first goal in doing this was to try and get all the listings into one place so that prospective tenants can, can see them all. Um, the, the second goal, though, is one that we're very passionate about because we know we've done a lot of surveying of private landlords and we know that 24% of them are considering the use of a property manager in the next 12 months. And that's our secondary um, goal here is to try and convert private landlords back to being managed by our customers. That's in our interest and it's in our customers' interest because our view is a landlord that's being managed by one of our customers is probably going to be one of our customers for life, you know, because once you've got them, we think it's self-evident that the value of what a property manager brings to the process is and and we think, you know, once we can get them into our customers' um, footprint, they'll hold on to them for longer. So that's a big part of it. And so the way it's going to work, on our side is when a private landlord comes into this experience, we're going to prompt them to say, look, we know you're here at the list, but have a look at the property managers in your suburb at the moment, have a look at their offerings, read their testimonials, you know, have you considered actually having someone else do this for you um, and try and get some of them converted back to being managed. So, you know, we, we are hoping to drive a significant number of leads um, to our customers. And even if we don't do that on the first time, if we can find out who these private landlords are, we have got the opportunity then to market our customers to them over time and say, look, you didn't, you didn't convert last time, but maybe next time or the time after, we can get a chance to convert them to, to being managed by our customers. Owen, Owen, what do you say to the agents out there that feel threatened by this and that this is the first stage of REA getting more involved in going direct to the client and this is just the beginning? Yeah, so... I can be absolutely unequivocal on this. We never want to be a property manager, never. And and the simple reason this, if, and if any of you, your listeners, uh, have got property management businesses, 
they will know exactly why we don't want to do this. It is a really people-intensive business. Um, you know, the, the collection of the rent, the, the repairs, the evictions, the, all the things that go around the whole property management space, it's just not where we want to play. We're digital, purely digital. So we see our role is in the connections business, connecting um, tenants with landlords, but via our, our ideal is via a property manager. What um, about what about sales? Is there is there does the future hold the opportunity for private sellers to do the same thing? No, because again, um, we think that our offering is best dealt with through agents. Um, and in fact, we some private sellers get onto our site via um, we call them FISBOs. These are these agents who have been set up to just do this. And by law, because of ACCC, we cannot ban them from our site. If we we would. Um, our view is no, clearly not on the sales side. Um, it's still a tiny, tiny part of the market. They don't want to spend money on advertising anyway. So our view is, um, you know, we we've got to help defend that and defend our customers against disruption there. As and it's good to hear, and I think it's certainly very topical uh, with the recent announcements. And and you might recall, or you may have read, or you may have been in the in. Uh, I think you were a CFO at the time when there were some conversations, whether they were said uh, at properly at the time or not by by one of your older predecess- predecessors, that sort of alluded to the fact that that may have happened. And I think it's I'm pleased to hear you say that today. Uh, and I'm sure many of the listeners uh, that are tuning in would be pleased to hear that uh, that's not part of the immediate future. I hope it's not part of the long-term future as well. It's not part of, it's not part of any future Good. that I've ever heard of at REA or would ever be part of. We, we, so we have pinned our entire strategy, um, and I've got a lovely little diagram that shows how this works. Um, we've, we've pinned our entire strategy on successful agents being part of this market. And so we see our role is to make um, our customers as successful and as profitable as they ca- can be by trying to make everything they do as efficient as, as possible. So bringing in the most efficient source of, of buyer leads and the me- most efficient source of seller leads. I don't think anyone can replace what an agent does. So a fund- fundamental of that premise is the value an agent brings to the sale process can't be digitised and can't be replaced. And that is creating price tension for a consumer on their most valuable asset. You can't digitise that. It's a skill. It's a value that, you know, and tell me a vendor who wouldn't say their agent paid for themselves, a good agent paid for themselves in that process. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important tool. Our entire strategy is predicated on that being part of the market. Now, there are other players out there who would think they can get into that. So, you know, your Facebooks and those, those sorts of disruptors our, our little diagram we've got is it's a moat around us and our agents and, and we're here to protect the, the whole ecosystem. Yeah, well, well done. Again, very pleased very pleased to hear that uh, and thank you for those those insights. Uh, now, how about you, Owen? You're working from home. It looks like you're working from home. Uh, have you been home yeah. since uh, March thereabouts? I, I have. Um, I'm really lucky. I've got a, a pretty good office, home office here and if you spun around, you'd see it's full of a lot of uh, man cave stuff, um, which <laughs> this is my room um so i've been in here since march i luckily during stage three we kept our office open and said to staff look if you want a day off like a day away from your your lounge room or your your bedroom or wherever you're working from um you could go into the office we limited numbers and made sure it was covid safe um and so i was doing that probably 
once a fortnight going to the office for a bit of a break and it was such a great break. So stage four has been pretty tough. I'm, I'm hoping we go back to stage three on, on Sunday week and, you know, we can go and at least have some human contact. Yeah, we're, we're all looking forward to that. Now, uh, you, you're I'm not supposed to mention it, but I'm going to. You're a Hawks supporter. How, how did yeah. the Hawks go last week? Oh, dear, yeah. Um, it's funny, and, and all, look, I've, I've got four kids and, and so we're a, we're a one-team family and we sat down to watch it and we said, let's just hope we don't embarrass ourselves in front of the <laughs> In front of the competition by losing to Adelaide, and and sure enough, we've, we've given the bottom side their only win of the year. Look, this is it, it, this will be a rebuild year. We haven't had good draft picks for a while, so um, I'm either the optimist. Let's get some draft picks in and, and go again next year. So, as as the leader, right. as the leader of one of the the, the biggest you know, real estate portals, uh, footy passion. Do you have any other passions that you can share? What what do you do when you're not at the footy and not uh, reaing? Yeah, look, I'm I am a bit of a sports nut, and it's it's a lot of sports. I love cricket as well. I've been to every um, Lords Ashes Test since 1989, so perfect track record there. Um, Being you know, love my AFL, so you know, go and watch kind of every every Hawks home game. Um, I'm a real foodie. I I live for food, so eating out. You know, I'm constantly looking at restaurant reviews, trying to find the next next big thing in Melbourne to to go and try out. and I don't mind a glass of uh, wine as well, so I've got a little bit of a wine collection going here. So that's had it. That's that's um, seen some damage during COVID. I can tell you. How does a how does a foodie go in a lockdown? Uh, no restaurants. Uh, it's tough. So a lot of home delivery. Um, so for Father's Day, we've already pre-ordered our, from our favourite Italian restaurant for Father's Day lunch this Sunday. So we've been trying to support our favourites. You know, just you know do as much takeaway as we can just to get them some money and, um, you know, try and support them through this as much as we can. Um, but I've got this long list of where I'm going to go when we're out. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and then my other, my other big passion uh, for the last 15 years is a group of mates and I, third Tuesday of every month, it's Pot and Palmer Night. Um, and so we work our way around the pubs of Melbourne having a Parmigiana and a few pots and, and talking a bit of rubbish third Tuesday of every month. Sounds like you've got a lot of catch-up to do when the gates open. <laughs> you won't see me for dust when, when the restrictions come off. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's wonderful. And it, and I, I'm right there with you in supporting the locals because, you know, our local businesses, our local communities need that support at the moment. And uh, we sometimes, not always, but sometimes get caught up so much in our own businesses and our own lives. We forget. Yeah. Every yeah. time I've been in the car, I've been calling into the coffee shop next to work just to kind of buy something from them for the, you know, hopefully see them through and... and to the other side. Yeah, wonderful. Owen, oh, look, I'm certainly very appreciative of your time. Thank you for joining us on The Real Estate Story. Give us a brief insight, not only into you personally, but the REA business and what they've done over these pandemic times. And uh, we're certainly very appreciative. I can only talk about my business, but I think I carry a similar sentiment amongst our industry, particularly in Victoria. We appreciate of any support and uh, you guys have been there, so we're certainly appreciative of that support. Um, Owen Wilson, thank you very much for joining us on the Real Estate Story. And to all our listeners, we will see you next week. Thanks, Adrian. It's been a pleasure. The Real Estate Story brought to you by Compton Green.